want to speak to you about a subject that a lot of Christians are missing out on. Now, if you were here last Wednesday night, we talked about, anybody remember what we talked about last Wednesday night? What to do when you don't know what to do. And we talked about how each and every one of us, there's times that we get in those places, we don't know what to do. And we talked about practically from God's word, what to do when you don't know what to do. Well, tonight I want to speak to you about another practical Christian area that many times people are missing out on. And it's, it's very simply not having power. Every one of you can hear me without any problem. You know why? I'm connected to power. But the power source can go off. And what God desires is that we would have his power, where we would be clear, where we would be understood, where we would have authority. And tonight, friends, I want you to know that God wants you and me to flow in his supernatural power. And many of us are just like those videos we saw where we're plugged into church and we're plugged into life groups and we're, we're, we're doing this and we're doing that, but we're not connected to him. And tonight I want to talk to you about flowing in the power of God. If you have your Bible, turn with me to James chapter 4, verses 7 and 10. If you have your Bibles, just raise your Bible up. Raise it up in the air. If somebody next to you doesn't have a Bible, just hit them with it and say, where's your Bible? Just go ahead and do it. James chapter 4, verse 7 and 10. Here's what the Word says. Everybody say, Submit. Look at your neighbor say, you need this. Okay, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil. There's still people getting hit over here. Hey, we moved on from that. That's two, three minutes ago. Let me get over to the saved side of this congregation. James 4, 7 and 10 says, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he might flee from you. No, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Do you see how God's kind of black and white here? There's no gray. Resist the devil, and he must flee. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Verse 9, grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. And verse 10, finally, I love this. Humble yourselves before the Lord... And he will lift you up. Can we just say that together? Humble yourselves to the Lord. And he will lift you up. When we humble ourselves unto God, he will lift us up. And tonight I want to speak to you about flowing in the power of God. Would you just bow your hearts with me in prayer? Lord, thank you so much for this word. Right now, I speak against any distractions. Right now, I come against any force that would try to keep your precious children from hearing, from grasping, from receiving, from believing, from walking out this word tonight. I just ask you, Lord, to speak to us. And I thank you that you have the power to overcome our darkest, deepest mistakes and sins. Thank you that my sins are forgiven. And thank you for your power tonight. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And all God's people said... Amen.
I want to give you one quick reminder. I want to encourage you. Men, if you haven't picked these up, we provide these free to the men in our church. Uh, Stand Firm Devotionals at the Information Desk. It's a powerful, powerful daily devo. Ladies, if you want your man to make you more money, to get better looking and be a more godly man, make sure he gets this devo. That will at least cover one out of three. Okay, here we go. Let me give you five steps. Everybody say power. Power. I didn't say say it, but that's, I like that you're going with me, so that's good. Okay, so let me give you five steps to having the power of God. I want to give you five practical things that you can do that if you'll implement these in your life, you can walk out of those doors and you can have the power to overcome any devil, any spirit, any stronghold. Let's look at number one. Look at me at verse number seven in your Bibles. It says, submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Number one, you've got to submit yourself to God. I'm telling you, there are some Christians that would rather have a root canal than submit themselves to God. There are some Christians, it just feels like we've got to beat them over the head. David, make sure this isn't on the uh, recording. That we've got to beat them over the head to get them to submit. Wives, do you know what I'm talking about? (laughs) Have you ever just met somebody where they were just bullheaded? I'm going to quote Pastor Newby. The person that uses your toothbrush tends to be bullheaded. We can all be bullheaded. And here's what happens. When we don't submit to God, no matter how much the Bible we know. Do you know the Bible is useless? If we don't put it into action, James 1:22 says, do not merely deceive yourselves, do the word of God. Okay. So if you know the word of God, but you don't put it into action, powerless. And if you don't submit to God, you have a powerless life, powerless marriage, powerless thought life, you name it. You've got to, and Barry Young has to submit to God. So let me give you a couple of thoughts here. First of all, some Christians submit themselves to themselves. I tell you, this is dangerous. Um, Do you know why Pastor Newby and I are in the Assemblies of God? Because we've got accountability. You know what I love about Crown Point Church is you know where the money's going. The men and women that are on staff here are held accountable. And, And what happens is many times, and I want you to get this, absolute power corrupts absolutely. If we don't submit to God, we're going to get into worse, horrible sin. If we don't submit to God, we're going to mess our relationships up. We're going to mess our finances up. We have got to submit to God. And don't submit to yourself. Do you know what I mean when I say that? Don't submit to your flesh. When that person cuts you off on the freeway, don't submit to your flesh. When that person gossips about you in this church, Don't submit to your flesh. When somebody does something to you and you can't believe they did it, don't submit to your flesh. Submit to God and let him take care of it. I'll tell you, that's the way to do it. You see, when you submit to your flesh, it's just gonna create a lot of problems. Men, do I have an amen there? When you have problems with your wives and you submit to your flesh, that problem is just going to get catastrophic. Submit to God. That brother is a wise man over there. You see, this, I want you to get this, this is the cause of most sin. I want you to hear this. When we don't submit to God, it is the cause of most every sin we commit. Almost every time I've committed 
All sin is serious. The consequences vary. But almost every time I've committed a sin that has serious earthly consequences, I didn't submit to God. And when you and me don't submit to God, it is the cause of a stronghold of sin in our heart. See, I want you to look here at verse number seven. It says that when we submit to God, immediately after that, it says, resist the devil and he will flee. And I just want you to hear me tonight. There is no way to get the devil away from your life or your marriage or your finances or whatever you want to say without submitting to God. It's the number one key. It is the number one key. I want you to look at letter B in your notes. So how do we submit to God? Let me give you just a couple practical steps, and I've got a couple blanks there if you want to write them down. Um, One of the first and, and easiest ways we submit to God is having a daily quiet time. If you don't have a daily quiet time, it's like you're waking up and looking at God and say, I don't need you. If we go through a day and don't read the Bible, it's like we're saying, God, we don't need your wisdom. If we go through a day and we don't pray, it's like we're saying, God, we don't need to talk to you. Friends, one of the chiefest ways and easiest ways we submit to God is having a daily devotional time. Power when we do that. Do you know another way that we submit to God is we agree to do God's will when we don't feel like it. Now, if you want some free marital counseling, just right above God, also put, and my wife, or and my husband. I'm telling you, it blesses your spouse when you do their will and don't feel like it. Boy, I can't believe nobody say amen to that. I'd have been shouting amen. I'm surprised Kelly didn't say amen to that. When we do the will of God, when we don't feel like it, we please him and submit to him, and we please even our earthly spouse when we do their will when we don't feel like doing it. Let me give you one more way that we practically submit to God, and Cherie did an awesome job leading worship, and I think she said it, is when we worship God and we don't feel like it. That's one of the many things I've learned. You look at Pastor Newby. The reason he's got so much wisdom and godly power and authority, he is a worshiper of God. And when we worship God, when we don't feel like it, I want you to get this. We're telling our flesh, you're not in control, I am. Your flesh and my flesh needs to know that it's not in control, but we are. Here's what Galatians 2.20 says. For I'm crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives within me. God wants us to submit to him, and when we submit to him, the devil has to run. Let's look at number two. So, so how do we practically get God's power? The very first thing is we, we just submit to God. Lord, whatever you want, I just put it down at your feet. Whatever you want for my marriage, whatever you want for my life or my ministry, I'll put it down here. Here's the second step we take. Let's look at what the Bible says. Let's look at verse number eight. It says, come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Number two, we resist the devil. Okay, Here's a big mistake that Christians make, including Barry Young. Sometimes we encourage the devil. I'm gonna get in your seat here tonight. Sometimes Christians, Barry Young included, we encourage the devil. 
When we let our eyes see things we shouldn't let them see, we have encouraged the devil's influence in our life. When we let ourselves listen to music we shouldn't listen to, we let our flesh get built up instead of letting our spirit get built up. God wants us to resist the devil. I'm shouting better, or I'm preaching better than you're shouting tonight. Let me give you a couple thoughts here. Some people encourage the devil. A lot of times we unknowingly do this. And sometimes we knowingly do this. When we get together with fellow believers and we start talking about the problems we see in other believers' lives, we have now encouraged the devil. When we, let me tell you something. That person that's struggling in this church or another church, they don't need you in their business. Woo! Man, I'm getting in some seats tonight. Sometimes the most godly thing you can do is get out of other people's business. You are not a help. You are a hindrance. Be that known for sure. Look at, look at your next door neighbor and say, get out of my business. Say, I mean it. Okay. I want you to write this down. It's not in your notes. We deserve what we tolerate. Once you hear that one more time, we deserve what we tolerate. You let the devil have an inch in your marriage, he's going to take it over. You let the devil have an inch in your work, he's going to take that thing over. We deserve what we tolerate. But here's what did Romans 1.16 say? For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God unto salvation. What's God's word say here? Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Listen to me. There, there's no wavering on that. God's word, look at it, verse number seven and eight. It does not say the devil might flee. If we resist the devil, he will flee. That is a promise from God. If you resist the devil, no matter what stronghold you're facing, no matter what mistakes or temptations you've gone through, the devil has to flee. That's why I don't go eating Chinese. Kelly loves Chinese. Have you ever seen any dogs or cats around those restaurants? I mean, I mean I'm telling you, I don't, I don't go there. I'm joking, kind of. Let me just say this. If I can't pronounce it, I'm not eating it. Okay, here we go. Let's go to letter B here. So, so how do we practically resist the devil? Let me give you some real practical steps that you can put in your play, life tonight. How do we practically resist the devil? I got those blanks there on our main point number two. Memorize scripture. Power in that. Let me give you some scriptures I'm working on memorizing. Hebrews 3.1, fix your thoughts on Jesus. Ooh, that'll give you power, won't it? 1 Thessalonians 1.10, Jesus who rescues us. I'm telling you, friends, you start getting some scriptures memorized, and then when the devil comes, you can resist him. This is a long one, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. And it talks about God will not give us more than we can handle. And so, friends, we have to resist the devil through memorizing the word. Ooh. <laughs> here's, here's another practical step. Choose your friends wisely. Woo. Mmm. Choose your friends wisely. 
And let me give you one more practical. Don't be afraid to lose some of those friends. Don't be afraid. Man, I'd rather lose a friend than, than lose a relationship with my family. I'd rather lose a friend than lose God's anointing. I would rather lose a friend than to lose one of God's promises that he's given me. But you've got to choose your friends widely. Some of them you've got to cut out. Let me give you one more way. We practically resist the devil. Ooh. You have to know when to say No. Let me give that to you one more time. You have to know when to say no. You have to know when to say no. Let me give you the third point tonight. So, okay, so how do we practically have God's power? Number one, we submit to God. Number two, we resist the devil. Let's look at verse number eight. James four, verse eight, here's what it says. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Number three, we've gotta come near to God. Do you know what I love about rain down? It's a time as a church where we say, Lord, we're just gonna come near to you and worship. You know what I love is, is, is when, we, when we say, Lord, we're gonna come near to you when you have your daily quiet time in the morning or at night or in the afternoon or wherever you have it. You're saying to God, come near. Here's the second promise in this passage. The first promise was, what is it? Resist the devil and he will flee. The second promise is, if you come near to God, he will come near to you. Mm. One more time. If you come near to God, he will come near to you. Again, I want you to see God's promises. They're 100% sure. If you come to God, he will come to you. I said this to Lorena Edwards. Anytime I hear Reverend Young, I guard my wallet. Anytime somebody calls, that, calls me that, I know they want in here. I guard it. And friends, can I tell you something? Anytime we come near to God, he knows we mean business and he's gonna come to us. Let me give you a scripture on that. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, if you seek the Lord with all your heart, he will be found by you. If you seek the Lord with all your heart, he will be found. So let me give you a couple of thoughts here. Some people walk away from God. Now I want you to get this. You can come to church and still walk away from God. Some of the most hell raisinous people come to American churches today. Thank you, brother. Some of the most problem-causing people come to church. You've heard me say this before. Some of the weirdest people come to church. You're looking at one of them. That wasn't a joke. Okay. But here's the thing. You can come to church and walk away from God. And I want you to write this down. I don't have the time to fully go through every scripture. But I want you to know this. Christians can walk away from Christ. More people are sent to hell when people teach once saved, always saved. I have heard churches, large churches say, well, once you receive Jesus, no matter what you do, you're, you're a Christian for the rest of your life. That is insanity and is not in the word of God. That's like me saying, once I marry Kelly, she's stuck for life. Well, that's the truth. But, <laughs> but I'm telling you right now, you most surely can walk away from the Lord. 
I just want to talk to you about it briefly, and then maybe sometime we'll do a whole sermon on it, and I'll give you a ton of scriptures. But I want you to hear this thought. When we come to Christ, it's a covenant. And I parallel that to the marriage covenant. People get married, and I perform weddings all the time. They join in a covenant. Can people get divorced? Yes. The covenant can break. When somebody comes to Christ, it's an eternal covenant as long as you want it to be. But we are free will beings. When I got saved January 1st, 1990, God did not put a gun to my head and said, Barry, you got to get saved tonight. The Bible says in Romans 2, 7, it's the goodness of God that leads me to repentance. God will never walk away from us. Joshua 1, 5 says, I will never leave you nor forsake you, declares the Lord. But we can walk away from God. I'll have to spend a whole nother night explaining deeper into that. But I want you to know Christians can most assuredly walk away from God. So what God says is he says, come near to me and I will come near to you. I want you to look at letter B. So how do we come near to God? One word, it's a four letter word, T-I-M-E. When we spend time with him. Can I tell you, there are so many different things that I love about being married to Kelly. But one of my favorite things is that she has a hunger, thirst, and desire to be close to God. We, uh, a couple weekends ago, we went to Colorado for, uh, to spend a weekend with her brother in the mountains. And we were coming back, and have anybody ever draw, driven I-70 through Kansas? I mean, that is the most boring, laborious drive. And Kelly and I, Kelly had this awesome CD, and I had barely heard it. We put that in there for about an hour. We just worshiped God. I mean, I felt like I was at a revival service. I mean, the power of God was just moving in that little Toyota Yaris. Well, well, what happened? Our hearts were drawn near to God, and his presence just filled that car. So, so what's my point? Is you got to spend time with God. And, and I just want you, if you're taking notes, to write this in parentheses, not just time at church. We got to spend time with God in our homes we got to spend time with God at our workplace. we got to spend time with God where we work out. Let me tell you, we don't just check in our relationship with Jesus and check out. He's either with us or he's not with us. And friends, I want you to know, I want him to go with me every place. Okay, so let me give you the fourth one here. Well, let me give you a couple more practical things. This is a couple more practical ways that we uh, come near to God. I'm giving you some four-letter words. The first word was time. Let me give you the second one. It is not possible. Popular today is another four-letter word, O-B-E-Y, obey. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. You can't negotiate with God. Thank God. Don't we live in the greatest country in the world? Man, I thank God that it's a, an open democracy right now. I thank God that our country's still free. I thank God that I can preach the gospel with no problem of fear of, 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 of retaliation. But I want you to know something. That is not a picture of our relationship with God. He's the king. And many times, can I tell you something? Many times the problem is Christians think God is the president and that he can be voted out. No matter what you do, he's not getting out of office. No matter how much you protest or how much you spend against his opponent or for his opponent, he's not coming out of office. He is the king of kings and the Lord of lords, and he's going to be there forever and ever. The alpha, the omega, the beginning, and the... So how do you come near to God? Obey him. 
when couples come to me with marital problems, 99% of the time, one or both those people are in disobedience to God. Let me give you one last way we can practically come near to God. You ready? Work. Time with him, obey him, and working for him. I want to give you this scripture one more time. It's James 1.22. It says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. One more time. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. James 1.22. When we start working for God and working with God, all of a sudden we get power. It's just like when somebody goes and they work out. The more they work out, they get bigger arms. They get bigger legs. They begin to get more powerful. And the more we work with God, we become powerful in him. Let me give you the fourth one. Because what I've noticed, our country could totally change around if Christians had more power. So many Christians are weak and powerless. And can I tell you how you know you don't have power? Is when you can't influence others. When you can't influence other people, you have no power. And and can I just say one thing real quick? Don't ever limit God. Can I just give you a testimony? Two weeks ago, we had our heroes service. Remember when we did that? We honored the fire police EMS. We had so many heroes up here, we ran out of room, and we had helicopter and armored vehicle, and we had all types of police and EMS and fire vehicles. Well, I don't know if you guys saw it, but that night, Fox TV4 did a two-minute special on our church. It would have cost us 60 grand and put it in prime time. And then they did it Monday. If you want to see it, you can go to fox4.com. It's up there. I mean, it's unbelievable. Well, one of my police buddies that's at the department I'm with, um, he came, not a, he's not a believer, and his family came, and, well, and they invited another family. Well, last Sunday, my police buddy didn't come back, but guess who came back? That family he invited. They're not even saved. But that family he's brought is, that mother prayed to receive the Lord Jesus Christ this last Sunday. Because she was invited to this church by somebody who wasn't even saved. So what's my point? God can even use lost people. Okay, let's go to number four here. Ooh. People aren't going to like this. I don't like this. Verse number eight. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify you hearts, your hearts, you double-minded. Number four, we have to purify ourselves. This is how we get power, by purifying ourselves. And, and I just want to say this. We've got to do it every day. Every day, almost every single day, I quote 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and purify us from all our, all our unrighteousness. And then I ask God to forgive me for my sins. Every day, I want him to purify me and I want him to wash me. When was the last time you prayed that prayer? Lord, purify me. There are many days I have to pray it numerous times. I want to give you a couple thoughts here. Some people repent because they get caught. I I just want to give you this thought is that repentance is not saying, God, I'm sorry. That's not repentance. Repentance is saying, God, it's my fault. And I'm gonna do whatever it takes to get that out of my life. 
and I turn away from that sin and now I'm walking in a whole different direction. That's what repentance is. That's what repentance is, where you totally turn around. And, and we've got to purify ourselves. You know why? Because we're in a dirty world. I don't care if there's 10 Christians at your workplace, it's still a dirty workplace. I don't care how many Christians are in your family, dirt still gets in there. And you don't need to say amen to that because I know. Kelly's family is dirty. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> no, no, no. There's a bunch of youngs. <laughs> I'm telling you, us youngs, we got a reputation right here, baby. I'm telling you. Woo! Man, oh man. But see, we got to purify ourselves because this is an evil world. The devil is in control of this world. He's the prince of the power of the air, the Bible says. But we got to purify ourselves. So let me give you a couple thoughts here. Is that we must, and I want you to write this down or just put it in your heart, we must hate sin. If you don't hate sin, you'll never be truly pure. You gotta hate sin. You know why? Because God hates it. And God hates it because of what it does to us. And friends, this is a great prayer to pray. Lord, hate, help me to hate sin. Lord, help me to hate those bad attitudes. Lord, help me to hate that negative spirit. Lord, help me to hate sin so much that I would just run to you and let you cleanse me and cleanse my mind. God, just purify me. What, what's Psalm 51 say? Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew in our right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. One more time, creating me a clean heart. Let me give you letter B here. So how do we purify ourselves? As Chris comes to play softly, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Be honest. Be honest with God and yourself. Do you know what's happened to me sometimes, and I bet you're in the same place? Sometimes I haven't overcome a problem in my life because I failed to be honest with myself to say it's a problem. Sometimes I've had to deal with things for years because I kept putting it away and I didn't come to the honest truth, Barry, you have a problem in this area. And guess what? As soon as I was honest, God helped me overcome it. I, can I just get into your life tonight, where are you being dishonest with God? Where is God trying to say, McFly, if you're older and you're 30s like me? Where, where is God trying to say, hey, hey, wake up. There's a problem here. He wants to do that. And let, let me give you a couple more ways to purify yourself. <laughs> you got to cut off the dead. If there's an area of your life that's bringing sin into your life, you have to cut it off. It's got to be cut off. There are certain things I don't allow myself to get around because I know it's going to open up the floodgates of sin in my life. And another way that we practically purify ourselves, and I hate to just keep saying this over and over, we stay away from negative people. I'm telling you, a negative person will contaminate you quicker than I've seen anything else. I'm telling you, you get around somebody that's negative. You know, I'm not saying this to flatter him, but I had lunch with Dan Phillips today. You know what I love about getting with Dan? Man, he just builds me up in the faith. You know, when I get around Jim Esposito, he builds me up in the faith. 
When you get around these men of God, they, they build you up. But, but when we get around negative forces, it's really hard to be around negative people and stay pure. Let me give you the last one tonight. Last one as we close. Number five. So we're talking about power. We're talking about how do we practically get God's power because that's what we need. We need the power of God. Let me give you the last one, number five. Um, and I want you to, lastly, as we listen to verse number 10, it says, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Man, I love that. There, I, I want you just to hear this. There's three promises in this scripture. Number one, if you resist the devil, he will flee. Number two, if you come near to God, he will come near to you. And number three, the third promise in this text here is that if we humble ourselves, he will lift us up. And he can lift you out of any situation, no matter how deep, no matter how dark, no matter how painful. He has the power to lift you up. How many of you older saints know this song? Love lifted me. Love lifted me. When nothing else could, love lifted me. It's a 200-year-old hymn, but it still speaks the truth better than I can say it myself. But I want you to notice, each one of these promises, now we're getting to a deep word tonight, each one of those promises has a condition. The first promise, submit to God, resist the devil and he will flee. So he doesn't flee unless you submit to God. Okay, the second promise, come near to God. He doesn't come near to you till you come near to him. Come near to God and then he will come near to you. And this third one, humble yourself and he will lift you up. He's not gonna lift me up. He's not gonna lift you up. He's not gonna lift Pastor Newbie up unless we humble ourselves, unless we get underneath. Okay, so let me give you a couple practical thoughts here as we close. Is that some people at all times and all people, including me, Sometimes we walk in pride. Friends, if you're talking to people and you're talking more about yourself to others than them, chances are you got a pride problem. If you have to tell other people all the accomplishments you've done, chances are you have a pride problem and we have all been there. Can I tell you, when God gives you a gift, you don't need a badge, a button, or a flyer. People are gonna see it. When God puts his hand on you, when God gives you his wisdom, you don't have to go telling everybody and, and putting it on Facebook. I'm telling you, when you get around somebody that's close to God, they're going, you can see that. You can see it. And so God wants us to stay out of pride. You can't have pride and be powerful. I want you to hear that one more time. You cannot be prideful and be powerful. You will either be one or the other, but you cannot be both. See, when we walk in humility, we walk in God's promise. Um, let me give you letter B as we close. This is the last one. So how do we humble ourselves? Let me give you three really good things. I want to just make sure I give them to you from my notes because they're really, really good. Number one, the first way we walk in humility, and I want you to get this, we deflect attention to others when we succeed. Did, did you hear that? When we succeed, this is how we walk in humility. We deflect attention to others. So if somebody says, man, you did a great job. You know what a great response is? Thank you. I couldn't have done it without the power of God. See, what you're doing is you're deflecting the attention to God. 
Okay, so let's say you get up and, and God uses you. Somebody says, man, you did a great job. And you did, then all of a sudden you say, man, praise God, he is so good. So you're deflecting that attention. Now, it's not inappropriate to say thank you. In fact, that's very appropriate. Nothing's worse than somebody who's false, <laughs> walking in false humility. But you gotta make sure that we deflect the praise. Did you get that? Deflect the praise. Pastors that have major moral problems, you know what they do? They turn the praise on them. Well, this church is this big because of me. Deflect the praise. That's how you, and whether you're a pastor or not, I want you to get that. Deflect, I just feel that the Holy Spirit needs you to say, hear this. Deflect the praise will keep you out of pride. Deflect the praise. Number two, give glory to God. Give him glory. I, I just want to convey this to you. Everything you've ever done that's been a success, it's only because of God. Everything you know that's good, it's only because of God. Anything good that's happened to you, it's only because of God. We've got to make sure that we stay in that place where we're humble. And let me give you the last one tonight. The last way that we really can help, our stay, help ourselves stay humble is become dependent on him. Become dependent on him. Sometimes in my life, I've been dependent on me. Well, I got to work and I got to get this together and I got to do this and I've got to do that. And what God wants us to do is depend on him. Depend on him. What, what's the word say? I love the word of God. Psalm 46, 10 says, be still, what? And know that I'm God. I, I want you to get that one more time. Be still and know that I'm God. You can know it. You can know it. You can know it. So tonight as we close, where do you need the power of God? Oh, I know the areas I need it. I know them. And you know what? I'm going to get the power of God. Because I've made a decision. I'm going to come near to God. I'm going to resist the devil. I'm going to humble myself before him. I'm going to allow God to purify me. And when we take those steps, we just open up the floodgates to have his power. I want to close with this thought. The power of God against any problem we're facing can do more in one second than we can in a lifetime of striving. The power of God, when that, his power comes in contact with the situation we're struggling with, in one second, his power can do more than a lifetime of our work, than a lifetime of our striving, than a lifetime of our struggling, just one second with his power. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He is all powerful. Would you bow your hearts with me in prayer tonight? Lord, thank you so much for your word. Lord, I'm just really thankful for it tonight. It's just barely after eight, and I just want to say thank you for this time to worship you. And